welcome to the Lazy Sunday Book Club. I'm your host for this week, Annie, and I'm joined by Fee. Hello. And Sophie. Hi. This is our second book club episode on uh, what I have been jokingly calling TikTok's favourite novel, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, uh, written by Taylor Jenkins Reid. We read the first half of the book uh, up all the way up to um, Rex North Mm. last week. And this week we're going to be discussing the second half of the book. So Rex North onwards, um, or if you want to get specific, Rex North, Harry Cameron, Max Girard, and oh, the, the last Robert Jameson. One. Robert Jameson, yeah. thank you. Um, and also just talking about our overall impressions and what we liked, the characters, things like that. Mm. Um, now, normally we're quite careful not to talk about the book outside of the book club. Um, we're sort oh, yeah. of very like you know sorry i ruined that <laughs> oh no i was gonna say we're, we're, we're normally quite like you know this is our thing which is why i feel like the episode on um the odyssey we just got straight into recording immediately because we all wanted to talk about the biting and the finger thing um whereas this one we were so eager to talk about the twist that we just had a conversation about it um which i found interesting well it was mostly I, I specifically did that because I had a moment when I was like, shit, did I miss something? And first I searched through the book and then I went, you know what, before I go into the episode and say anything, I want to make sure that I didn't overlook things. So I was like, I'm going to make sure these guys have read it and then I'm going to ask them about the twist. <laughs> yeah, no, but I found that interesting. I just thought, and it made me think, so I think this is a book that is very popular with book clubs and I can sort of see that, you know? Mm. It, it it is a book that invites discussion oh yeah and I think because they have um because of the seven husbands and they're like so many characters you can just like talk about just so many different things because yeah. a lot happens in the second part a lot happens yeah mm-hmm. yeah um does anyone feel like the second part went very quickly oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, I also did read it in like two days, so it, it was very quick for me. <laughs> yeah, I felt like the um, like Evelyn's recalling of the story, like it almost like everything went like we passed over a lot of time very quickly. I don't know how old she was marrying mm. Rex North. I want to say in her forties. Yeah. I definitely found that I. I lost track of time and it was only when she dropped like historical events that I would know when I oh, was. Oh yeah, it was when the Stonewall riots happened like, like, oh wow, we're here now. And I was like, oh, I'm in this decade. Well, I yeah. didn't really know that. Funny, she was talking about being 50 and I was like, oh, I didn't. Yeah, I, I, it completely like caught me by surprise some of the, those little details like that refer to her age. Should we should we do a brief thing on Rex North? Yeah. <laughs> Watch my brain buffering as I'm trying to remember Rex North. Yeah, me too. I was like, Rex North. Well. Oh, okay, I think I know which one. Yeah. He's oh, the... Rex North, Rex North is the, like, career-only yeah, yeah. husband who eventually just falls on someone else and they have a very yes, amicable yes, divorce. Yes. 
I Rex North was the most pointless <laughs> husband. I sort of felt like Rex North was a cop out of a husband, you know? It was just like Yeah. At this point we're we're looking to get the numbers up, you know? Yeah. 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 He was a filler husband. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know, I guess cuz Rex was the guy she married after her big breakup with Celia. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't, yeah, I'm just trying to remember him. And all I remember is he was just a player and he was just there. Yeah, you know he I mean? was, yeah. It was very convenient. They didn't, like, they they both knew what they were getting into. She never even slept with him. The, the biggest thing about that section, though, is that's, I mean, I think at this point, it's less about the husbands and more about what's happening in her life in relation to Celia, that, is just in the time of being married to this yeah. guy. Mm. He's not really a character. I feel the same kind of ish way about Jer- Max. I know we shouldn't be skipping ahead, but they have a similar function in that they're kind of filler husbands that plug gaps. Because- oh, I yeah. thought Max Gerard was a really important, depressing moment. It was depressing, but. It has that same kind of there are there are husbands that are like Celia husbands and then there's like a pattern, I guess, to the way that the husbands kind of bounce so along. The first husband, filler husband, right? Yeah. Purpose husband. A to B husband. John Adler plot husband. Yeah. Nick Reaver, filler husband. Rex North, filler husband. Harry Cameron, plot husband. Yeah. Gerard and then I'm going to of... say filler husband, plot husband. I I don't know. I want I wanted Max Gerard to I, like I I found that devastating. I found that so mm. sad. Um, do, but before we talk about Max um, Gerard, uh, the but when it comes to yeah. Rex North and that um, the the thing I wanted to talk about most, and I don't know how you guys like. I, I'm more curious to know what you guys felt about reading this is when we know that Ruby married Don and that bit that scene where she's like why mm. didn't you oh, yeah. tell me why didn't you warn me I, I've yeah. kind of forgotten oh, that yeah. aspect about him marrying Ruby I think we were all just like more interested in Celia and like that that relationship between Ruby and and Evelyn rather than Don being a shitbag. Yeah. No, I was I was definitely in the same place. And again, like with Evelyn, where I kind of got pulled up short and I went, oh my God, of course, if he did that to Evelyn, yeah. like this is of course he's gonna do it to someone of else. Of course. Yeah. Like, why didn't I think of that yeah. when it happened? Yeah. It was yeah, it was it was a really effective moment, actually. Yeah, and I think it shows how flawed Evelyn is. Like she's not she's not like this she's very commanding and so a lot of people kind of and especially Monique would just do what she kind of asks for Mm. and actually you realize she's she's very self-obsessed like of course that's that's kind of what has gotten her to this point in her career but even if you don't like a person it, it there is no excuse 
for allowing I don't know like for not would Evelyn have done anything she could have told Ruby in in private she could have or 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 said if you if if he starts doing this please tell me and 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 get yourself out of there like I don't think Evelyn could have done anything in the system that they were in but of course she could have told Ruby and whether Ruby would have been able like because obviously we don't know the reasons because I'm assuming that all of the marriages in the Hollywood situation are like there is bigger reasons behind Ruby and Don's marriage and whatever whether or not Ruby would have been able to have changed anything with that information if you put yourself in Ruby's position of course you would have wanted to know Mm. and I, I felt like that moment was really effective for just how like how easily you get pulled into Evelyn's perspective where you're thinking about all the same things as she is. Yeah. And it's easy to lose kind of perspective on what's happening in other people's lives. Cause I feel like that's a recurring thing for Evelyn. Sometimes she forgets mm. that, you know, people have things going on for themselves. It's kind of a recurring thing between her and Celia where they both kind of struggle to understand each other's complexities and that they have other things kind of going on with them. And I, yeah, I felt like that was a really good moment for that. It's interesting. I think last mm. week we talked a lot about Evelyn as an unreliable narrator, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think it's more complicated than that. I think she's a really biased narrator. She's self-obsessed. She's self-focused, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's a kind of insularity to her narrative that I think the further you get to the 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 closer you get to the twist moment the more like I I think that becomes the defining part of her of her narrative the way that it's so focused on her and the way that she you are so it, it it's not that you necessarily agree with her choices but you stop remember you stop thinking about alternative choices Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know what you mean by that. Yeah. yeah. Um, should we talk about the Harry Cameron, um, was his name and himself thing? John Braverman, Braverman, Braverman? and Celia Braverman, something like that. I, <sighs> yes, oh, I, so, I was like, this was a happy, happy period. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was so happy because mm-hmm. I thought her marriage to Harry Cameron was going to be inconvenient. I thought once she had that argument with Celia, it was over and they would never reunite. Like, so I was like, I, uh, I thought that was just a. I thought they would reunite, moment. but I thought it would be with Robert, like further down the line. Like I, I always, like I thought. So I, I always thought that they would get back together, but I didn't think it would be with Harry. But I don't know. Oh, I was I really thought, happy. <laughs> that was that was a really. I thought that because at the beginning it was it talks about how it's rumored that she married Robert to anger Celia, and so I thought that was true, and that oh. like, there was some twisted revenge thing going on there. I always assumed that that was like a like a uh, a secret, like. Basically, I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be what it yeah. was in the book. I always kind of assumed that that was what it was going to be. So, yeah, I assumed that, like, that the whole Harry Cam relationship felt like this glorious bonus because I assumed that her and Celia would just be 
separated forever. I thought it was tragedy, you know? Yeah, that's what I thought as well. I thought that, like, the the other husbands were just to fill this void that is Celia. But I didn't think... I don't know. I just didn't... I just didn't expect her to come back anymore. I think because... You know, the husband's like, once they're done, they're out and you're on to the next one. Yeah. I I, mm-hmm. I think I assumed that for Celia. Yeah. I guess I kind of thought that if Celia was going to be like the grand epic love of her life, mm. that that couldn't just be over. Yeah. Which it absolutely could have been. It could have been complete tragedy and she could have kept trying to find happiness in these other husbands. But I don't know. I guess I just always had a feeling that it wasn't going to be like that, that there was... Uh, happier aspect to that storyline so I was kind of thought that yeah Robert Jameson was going to be like cover for them uh but yeah did not expect Harry Cameron I did I did I loved the moment where I I wanted it I I so badly wanted I I don't know it was the moment where her and Harry had a kid and I wanted it to be permanent I wanted them to make something work that was permanent and yeah, it was oh, horrible having that and then being like, oh God, there are two more husbands. It's that moment where she said she was just yeah. about to ruin it. And I was like, <laughs> oh no. Oh, Harry Cameron is my favorite, not just my favorite husband, my favorite character. Yeah, he he is just a, a great character. He's a great, great man. Um, yeah. What did you think about like, because... I guess with the the Harry Cameron during the Harry Cameron marriage, Celia didn't want a child, but uh, Evelyn and Harry wanted a child. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it could work. I really believed it would work. Like I didn't believe it would work because I, you know, title. But I really believed it could have. You know. Yeah, I really, I really liked. It's kind of a bit of a theme in this book of like the kind of the strongest marriages that you have like they don't have to be like you can have this really I don't know I just really like the aside from Celia like her strongest marriage was like this like one that was like mostly just like a really deep friendship and that they could you didn't have to be deeply in love with her husband to raise a child and for them to be good parents mm. they could basically just be like best friends co-parenting mm-hmm like this child and that that I don't know I just really like that I like that kind of theme of like yeah it doesn't have to all be about like romantic love kind of for this family dynamic to work yeah it kind of yeah it not exactly it pissed me off but I started to feel really uncomfortable when it started to sort of set up a Celia versus Harry dynamic you know where Celia's giving her Mm -hmm. alternative scripts and making breakfast that no one wants to eat and I was like I want I want her I want her platonic co-parenting marriage to work. Like I also want her relationship with Celia to work, but I Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't know. I didn't want her to marry Max Gerard for this. Uh, should we talk about Don Adler coming back first before we get on to Max Gerard oh, marriage? Gosh, yes. Yes. That was unexpected. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Oh. He should I have mean, he's off. just the—he's just like I'll a boomerang. Again. He just keeps coming back, and but nobody wants him back. Although I thought he was sort of like a non-entity, you know. He—he he came. She didn't forgive him. I thought it handled it really well. She didn't forgive him, but she wanted to do this, and she did it. Like, yeah, 
I was surprised by yeah. him kind of acknowledging any of that. That was kind of yeah. I, I thought he'd be one of those people that would just never recognize his own abuse and his own faults. So that took me by surprise. I was like, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, but I also thought it was really positive that she was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm that, glad for you, but I don't forgive you, and I don't no, have to. That you was know? great. That was that was perfect. I really liked that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Was anyone else weirded out by how like yes. empty her career was? Yeah, she didn't have that many hits. Like she didn't do that like, much. Th- like iconic film. She was more iconic for for her marriages than her films. Yeah, I guess I kind of thought maybe that was kind of part of it that like she was only huge when she was really yeah like this was all part of kind of like that kind of Hollywood bias. Well, I don't know because she she did um, win her Oscar later. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah. Did she win her Oscar for the for the Max Gerard film with Don Adler? No, 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 no. She was pissed because Don Adler did, didn't he? Or he got nominated. Oh, and she yeah. didn't, didn't get yes, anything. But, but yes, I remember that. Oh, how did we feel about that that film and the break of her and Celia? So, so, but so to, to clarify, if you haven't read the book, what essentially what happens is in the Max Gerard film is that. They're filming this and then Girard comes to, I think, her and Adler and says what we think would be really, like, powerful in this movie would be, like, a kind of, like, a graphic sex scene of, like, a woman being pleasured. And, like, obviously Evelyn is really on board with this. She's like, yes, this is going to be revolutionary, push boundaries, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but she knows that this would not make Celia comfortable, given that, that Don is obviously her ex-husband and all of that. Uh, but she decides to not tell her about this film the scene and then tell Celia afterwards mm-hmm. and just kind of ask for permission afterwards and when Celia asks her not to do it say well I've already done it and then yeah. Celia leaves her or she, yeah so it goes about yeah. as well as you'd expect uh I think I think though that is all like it's a build-up from because then she brings up that he, Evelyn and Harry obviously had to conceive yeah uh, yeah. Connor, who's her, their daughter, and like she was like, and how many times did it take for you to get pregnant? You know, like obviously she was never comfortable mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And the thing is, is okay. I think. Oh, I was just gonna end on that. Like, I think Celia is very um, monogamous, and I think I th- I don't think she ends up. Is she in. Does she end up in another relationship with a woman while they're yeah, breaking up? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. The, but that I feel like that's a common theme, like with a few of Evelyn's relationships, is they don't like what Evelyn is famous for. Well, it's also a yeah. like they want her, but they don't like that about her once they have it's also a continuation of what broke up her and celia in the first place which was that celia was like no sex is something between us and then evelyn went and got married and had sex with mcreva it's it's kind of the same thing Mm, really it's that's kind of recurring but i also think it felt inevitable that breakup like it was devastating but it did feel kind of inevitable you know that there was Mm -hmm. this you know that thing that Couples, when they've been together long enough, have one single argument, and every argument is just a rehashing of that argument. Mm. Like it felt like that, you know? Yeah. But 
Um, do you think also, I always felt that maybe Celia is a bit biphobic. Mm, I feel like there are slight undercurrents of that, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's a definite theme that Evelyn brings up is this constant explanation that a woman can like a man and a woman. Like, she can like a man and a, and a woman and they don't necessarily need to be half and half the same attraction or the same way of expression. Some might, it might mean less in some ways than other, I, you know, it's complicated, but. Well, I think that was like a moment of growth for Celia because it talks about how in that relationship and the first relationship, Celia needed to believe that, that Evelyn's attraction to men had been incidental. She needed to believe that like whereas I think later on she does talk about like it's something that Evelyn that that Celia changes and she learns and grows and like I can't remember what but she said something in that that sort of later period where they're together and I was like oh okay so that like she grew on that one you know and Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really important moment in the book Mm -hmm. that I can't remember what actually happened Harry Harry his his husband <laughs> not his husband sorry his partner dies yeah. um who was married to celia mm. i liked that evelyn and john got on i liked that yeah she took the time to be like oh yeah we were friendly yeah, and it was fine that was cute. i feel like i feel like evelyn is more open when it comes to non like uh, she's more open in relationships with friends and stuff like that I think the only one she truly cares to 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 have and to to be monogamous with is Celia yeah and even then she can't quite swing it you know she can't I think it takes her a while to get to separate like I think it's not incidental that she can only be happy with Celia when her career, when she stops doing career yeah. stuff, because I think it, because oh yeah, go on. Well, I think sex is just a career thing I, for her. That, that's what way, I was gonna know? say. Yeah, like it's this ongoing thing about like how you know it's transactional. She sees it as a way mm-hmm. to get ahead. She sees it as a thing of value. For well, her. it was only she, uh, she like she's done. You know, it's only when she really was with Don that she realized sex could be for her as well as her career. Yeah. But but yeah. she still but she still then, heavily associates career with sex. As well as her career. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. yeah, I I think Harry I think Harry really loved John. And it uh, and oh, I was yeah. really upset yeah. for him that he was in that kind of state. Yeah. Um, yeah. To lose a partner like that. Yeah. Oh well, it was a it was a tragedy, you know. I yeah. think that's the tragic part of tragic Harry Cameron. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good point, actually. I've not really clocked like the names, like the the adjectives that are above the. I really thought that Max Girard might be less creepy than I thought it would be. And then I got to like disappointing Max Girard. And I knew you both finished it at that point. So I almost texted you like, 
oh what an epithet you know <laughs> disappointing max girard i mean like it, it, well it was well summed up because he is i mean i i wasn't necessarily i kind of expected that yeah. from him i was i think he was gonna be a sleazeball mm-hmm. anyway i was more surprised that evelyn really thought it wasn't gonna be like that and then it happened and i was like oh man i was surprised at how quickly it it was like that yeah man. but I think I think I wasn't surprised because it's kind of the similar thing. It's or at least it's portrayed as being kind of similar to McGreever. You know what I mean? Where it's like it's a yeah. It once they've had it, except McGreever, it was on yeah. purpose. Whereas this one, it felt like she didn't have as much control over it. She wanted it to be like. I think what was significant about Mc McGreever, she had Celia, whereas yeah. with Mag Girard, she wanted she wanted a relationship and mm. all he wanted was Evelyn Hugo you know exactly I feel like yeah oh should we should we get into Harry Cameron and and the end of that Max Girard well so Max Girard's chapter ends with um with her reuniting with Celia. Yeah. Right? Does, isn't that... And then that's the same scene where Celia tells her of her chronic pulmonary disease. Yeah, yeah. Her heart disease. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly. Jesus, no one yeah, can be happy. And the thing is, we already know at this point her daughter's going to die. Yeah. And like... Oh, yeah. And, and then I'm just... I didn't expect... Um, so yeah, they devised this plan to all kind of run away together and she needed to get Harry on board mm-hmm. with it. Mm. And Harry maybe has a partner who will also be coming on board. Yeah, to marry Celia. Um, to kind of hide yeah. everything mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they're getting close to it, but Harry is unsure and doesn't want to do it without this partner. And then... Jesus. Then the car crash. And then Harry Cameron died. In a car crash. Very suddenly. Very suddenly. I did not expect Like I sort of forgot that Harry Cameron died. I didn't expect him to die. Not not like that. No. Even though I think Yeah. I think we're told quite early on about the picture of her sitting at his grave and weeping. But like at this point, we kind of know, like, I would have expected Evelyn to have outlived most yeah. people in the story. You kind of get the vibe. I didn't think he was going to, like, die in an RTC, like, you know. Well, she said that everybody driving. had died, so there was no longer yeah. to protect, need to protect anyone and keep the story. Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I, that was really upsetting, actually. <laughs> I was really upset with that. Because I, I really wanted him to yeah. be happy as well. I wanted him to be with this partner and yeah. his new partner and, and be happy, but what do a we shame. Do, the, do, do this now or do we want to do Jameson and come back to it? Oh, you mean the big twist? Yeah. I sort of think the rest of the book is kind of a is kind of a flat yeah. happy ending, you know? I think at this point, when, as soon as we get to Robert Jameson, the only big thing that happens in this uh, in Evelyn Hugo's story yeah. is Celia. Also, dying. can we say yeah. like what a guy Robert Which... Jameson like 
for marrying someone for your sister. Yeah. Being a good well, stepdad. And also being a good stepdad. Like, you know. Yeah. Like how yeah. important he was to Connor. I like healing really and helping her recover like, from Harry's death. Like I was like, wow, I did not expect there to be another. Because also, wasn't he called like agreeable? Agreeable is like, I didn't really take that as like a very yeah po- positive kind of epithet. I was like, mm. I knew he was just going to be the like the settling type. The like not not him as a cat a person, mm-hmm. but like this marriage was going to be very settling and calm. I loved that she got back. That when they were all in Spain, she talked about speaking Spanish again. You know yeah, how she'd too. been really yeah. offended by Louisa thinking she wouldn't speak Spanish, and Louisa had been like, "Why would I think you speak Spanish?" And then at the end, she speaks Spanish again. That was nice. <laughs> okay, and she was teaching everybody else. Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, no, but she was like, it became part of her life again. I thought, like, it sounded like she was happy. It's a full circle sort of thing. Like she comes back to Evelyn, not Evelyn Hugo. Yeah, she gets to be something. Mm-hmm. She gets a sense of selfhood apart from Evelyn Hugo, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay, should we talk about the twist? Oh, let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, just sum sum it up in sum it up sum it up in one word how you felt after reading it. Let's go around the table. Sophie. One word. Uh let's go. Blindsided. Blindsided. Annie. <laughs> that was a really long pause. I thought I no, wanted no, no, to say no, no. I was like, you told me one word. <laughs> oh, see, I, the opposite. I think I'm gonna go unsurprised. I'm okay. Gonna say no, you accepted. And I just feel like at the time, I just thought, okay. I, I think when I read it, I was just like, okay. Yeah, my 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 reaction was, oh, of course. You know, I, I and even like when it was mentioned that this other guy was in the car, I was like, oh, is that? And then it just happened so quickly. It wasn't even that I dismissed it. I just moved on from it, you know? I think I built it too much in my head, you know? Or we didn't just get, I, I feel like I didn't get enough information <sighs> To be like, of course, like, you know what I mean? Or like this, mm. I didn't feel anything for Monique because I didn't yeah. really know who Monique was still. Like the thing is, when I say blindsided, I wasn't blindsided in like an, oh my God, what a twist. This is amazing kind of thing. I was like, wait, what? Mm. I immediately had to go back to see if they'd ever mentioned how Monique's dad had died before. Yes. And then I was like, okay, no, we didn't know how he died. And then... The, mo- the moment Monique started talking about like how she'd had to grow up knowing that her dad had been responsible for his own death, I was like, wait a second. We don't know this. Yeah, I didn't think- This Monique- has never been mentioned to us before. No. This is affecting Monique in a deep and personal way, but it's not affecting us because I didn't know that her memories of her dad had been affected about this until after yeah. the twist. Yeah. And I was like, what do you want me to do with this information? Like I had to go back and read things through to make sure I wasn't going crazy. Cause I was like, did I miss something? Okay. Yes. Here's my theory. Yeah. 
not my theory, but like my 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 thing. I think Taylor Jenkins Reid is really interested in this book and also Daisy Jones and the Six in the relationship between the person who tells the story through ownership and the person who tells the story for them. You know, okay. I think she's interested in the narrator and the narration and the way the story is told. Like, but I think it's done so much better in Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah. Um, I think what happens in Daisy Jones and the Six is that it's set up as um, one of those uh, sort of oral histories. So you never like you never think about it as being a recorded thing, something that like you never think about the fact that there's someone there. But of course, like the narrative is being constructed in front of you, but you just accept it as gospel. And then very suddenly you have a moment and you're like, oh, this is a constructed narrative and there's a person constructing it. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's a really good moment. But but then again, you, you're getting multiple participants. You're getting multiple participants and you're also thinking about the narrator and the narrated and what it's like to be the teller and what's it like to be the subject. Yes. Yeah. You know? I think she's interested in the same thing here but 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 it's it it's sort of a a you know she doesn't know how to balance out those wants she wants to tell a story that like because if you think about it it's quite different that here it's set up as though Monique will be the person to tell this story but we get this story entirely through Evelyn but through Evelyn as narrated through Monique but not through Monique's Mm -hmm narration yeah like we we talked last week about evelyn as an unreliable narrator we didn't even think about monique as the narrator because it feels like she's like not a narrator but i also feel like that's kind of confirmed that she's not the narrator because then you get the start of monique narrating evelyn right at the end yeah 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 well that's the thing it this isn't what you read isn't monique's book on Evelyn Hugo. It's just her pre kind of. We're reading her like her research for her book for Evelyn Hugo yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the the unedited notes kind of yeah. thing. Um, and the stuff with her husband, I thought it was set up like we needed to understand enough about her to understand why she would I, I don't know, I thought I think, I think Daisy Jones and the Six does it better is basically what I Thought. Yeah, like I don't have I, any context, like because I haven't read this. I thought it, but I'm like, yeah, it, this just doesn't work for me, basically, because I feel like you could take the dad stuff out, and it, like, I don't know how much of it would. Change. Oh, you could take the dad stuff out, and then you could take Monique. Yeah, and I think it would be a complete interesting story, but then it wouldn't have this idea of the teller and the tale and the told, I, which I think is. In some respects, the story of Evelyn Hugo, you know, who has agency over herself. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it just, I just think it could have been done It just better. doesn't work for yeah. me. I actually thought the most interesting thing that came out of the ending was actually that, well, was that, well, the other thing that kind of confused me, I was like, so wait, did Evelyn pick her to write the story? because of the dad thing or did she pick her because of the assisted dying thing or was it just a yeah, hard, lucky coincidence that, well. that it happened to be the same person yeah 
I thought, I thought it is the same thing. There's too many, there's too many ideas in this book. Like you can tell that I think from the fact that there are seven husbands and so many of them are just like, yeah. And then, then there was another husband and then another husband. Like, I think this narrative has too much going on and not enough development not even not enough detail not enough not like it's not enough development i think yeah but like it can't be both because of the father and the assisted dying thing it can't be you know about both evelyn hugo and monique it can't be like there's just that there's layers there that i don't think i also felt personally like the monique stuff was made weaker by the fact that I felt like she might be trying to hide, bury the hatchet on the dad thing. Because I think it would have helped. I'm not, it wouldn't have really fixed it, but it definitely would have helped if I had understood that Monique had a slightly more complicated relationship with her dad than it's kind of Mm. presented. Because when we introduced to Monique and her dad, so I had the ebook and this was very helpful because after I finished it, what I did was I just keyword searched dad and I went back and read the passages when Monique talks about her dad. About her dad, yeah. And like a lot of it at the start, she talks about how her dad is the whole reason that she pursued a career doing the thing that she loves because that's something that she told him, he told her to do rather. And it's, and she knows that her dad loves her and it you don't get any indication here that there's any kind of like tension there. Mm-hmm. Really? Also- if the one thing that she knows beyond all other things is that her dad loves her, yeah. then the Evelyn Hugo thing is yeah, pointless. Yeah, because Evelyn's mm-hmm. like, like, that doesn't I matter. I needed you to know that your Evelyn's dad like, loved you. And it's like, yeah, she already knew that. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> it was such a, like, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I recognize that Evelyn might not fully know that, but like, again, this is established that she, her dad does know her. So again, this is just, she's working against herself. And I feel like part of it, was to slightly bury the hatchet on the fact that her dad was responsible for her death because maybe it would have been too obvious if we mm. knew that beforehand that that would be him, which, yeah, mm. like that was kind of where I kind of, I thought maybe she was trying to protect this twist a bit too much. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I, I Mostly I just think there was too much going yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. Okay, <laughs> I have one final summing up question and then we'll go on to raising okay. yeah. yeah, Yeah. My final summing up question is, do you think you would have enjoyed this book more if it weren't for the hype? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think I think yeah. hype always somehow affects the reading experience of the book. But there is one thing that actually I kind of want to follow up to this. Yeah. I because I was thinking about this and I was wondering. I wonder if any of the hype, like what the hype is about, is it the book as a whole? Or is it the Evelyn Hugo sections of the book? I think it's just the Evelyn Hugo and Celia stuff, right? Because I was like, I would like this book more if I took out Dominique stuff. And then I was like, because I expected more of the twist because of the hype. And then I was like, well, actually, do I know if any of the hype cares about this twist? Mm. Maybe they don't. Maybe the hype is the stuff that I like about the book. And I just thought the entire book as a whole would be better because there was so much hype, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So we also know that this book is going to be made into a I think it's a TV series or is it a film? Oh, is it? Yes. I can see a TV series. That would make sense. Film. I feel like you no, you couldn't do it one husband per episode. 
some of the husbands don't have enough space. No, that would be a nice narrative for it, but that wouldn't work. <laughs> um, um, I don't think it. it sh- I think it's just said that it's gonna. It's been picked up by Netflix. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that probably probably TV series then. I know they make movies, but... I think, oh, I think they want to make it a movie, but people have been saying it literally is in the format of a miniseries. It it should be done as such. Um, But yeah, so... I mean, would you want... I would want Monique's story to be more developed if it was a series. I'd like to see more... I think I I care, I care for the Evelyn and Hugo stuff, but like, it, it's not like Monique isn't there in the book. Yeah, like I think I think an adaptation would potentially be a good opportunity to fix some of the Monique stuff, especially because if you did do a series, you might have more time. Mm. Potentially, I struggle to see how this will be adapted well because my problem with it is there's too much stuff. Yeah, and so much stuff is going to have to be it's cut. Could get into messy. If it's a movie, it's I just don't think that could. Oh, I, it won't work. be good for a movie. Yeah. No, definitely. I think somebody said somebody tweeted that it should be a mini series with eight episodes, seven for the husbands and one for Celia. But that there's not enough. Like, See, that was kind of that, my first thought, but some of the husbands don't have enough material for that. Like, you can't do an episode on Mick I Weaver. don't think it divides that easily. I don't think you can do... I don't know. But I agree that it can't be a film. It should be a miniseries. But but even if there's not enough for the husband story, there'll be enough for to, to develop Monique's story and her relationship with Evelyn. They, if, they, if they make adaptational changes and they tidy things up, then, like, maybe i think i think it would need changes and i hope that that doesn't work against it because i'd be interested to see taylor jenkins reed involved in it because i think oh 100 100 i'm really looking forward to her new book coming out was this her first book next month or had she written before no She'd written okay. before. Sorry, I don't know enough about it. But that. I think this was one of the first ones that kind of blew up. But and she wrote this before Daisy and uh Malibu Rising. Okay. So this was like the one that exploded her. Which ironically enough, it's all got Mick River in or Mick We Ri- need the Mick River verse, basically. And, um, it, it's just the Mick River verse, and we're all just living in it. Okay. Um Shall I explain our rating system? Yes. I think you should. Okay. Uh, for any newcomers, we rate books on a one to five star scale, sort of. Um, one, a one is, don't bother with this book. A two is get it from the library. A three is just a solid paperback read. A four is, this is worth buying in hardback. And a five is buy like a Waterstone sprayed edges edition. I think I know what I want to rate this. I, yeah. For me, I think me too. Yeah, it's a solid three. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. What's your rating? I've gone for hard. Okay, I, I'm at. I've gone oh, for a four. I'm at a, I, I'm at a three as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm at a three. Like, I 
I'm glad I've read it and I'm glad I read it in paperback you know I, I I just think if you want to read Taylor Jenkins read this isn't her best I don't know mm. yeah like I'm kind of glad that I yeah like it's a, it's a paperback for me I think I think it could have been more if all of the components had gelled but unfortunately it's mm. not quite it's not cohesive enough really it doesn't quite stick the landing I do yeah. wonder though would I have liked it more if I'd had lower expectations that see this is the thing I, I think without the hype this is a hardback for me and and I tried to stay clear of it as much as possible uh-huh. because I know I wanted to read it but and I think that's why I started with her other books rather than the seven husbands because of the hype there's something about hype that just turns me off yeah i mean i think the thing I'll, yeah i'll say is like like i i am aware the book has hype i am vague as to what the hype is like i said the only thing i knew going in was that celia mm-hmm. existed and that evelyn was in love with her i think for me the thing that really killed it was that twist like i i just didn't like how it was executed and it it's yeah. just it, it's just not a hardback for me for that like I just needed those things to mesh yeah I think for me this is a really positive hopeful three because like mm-hmm. she as an author Taylor Jenkins mm-hmm. read gets better like you know the problems I have with this book I don't have mm-hmm. so much with her next book which I kind of like I like when authors get better you know yeah. Well, how nice. would you how would you rate um Daisy? Uh I'm just curious, um, Annie. I have rated it on my Goodreads account. So I can find out for you. I gave that five. Oh wow. Wow. I love that book. Yeah, I mean I would I would <laughs> cl- class that one as a special, like a five. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need to read this. Yeah. Because I was honestly left at the end of it, like, I don't know if I want to read more. Oh, but no, like, definitely. Maybe, maybe do. I should read Daisy Definitely Jones. do. So I think, I think the problems that we all had with Evelyn Hugo aren't there so much in Daisy Jones. I would give it a little time, though, so that you, you get yourself away from our comments about it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to avoid another hype yeah. kill. Um, yeah. That's good. That's, that, yeah, that's a. But definitely don't like put it down and give it up, give up on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll go yeah. back to maybe I'll read Daisy Jones in a, in, a, in a while at some point. Right. Okay. Um, should we talk about next book for book club? See? For August, we've picked the theme of uh, translation books. So books that have been translated. And uh, my pick is a Japanese book called Sweet Bean Paste by uh, Durian Sukigawa. And this follows the story of Sentaro, who has a criminal record. He's kind of life is a bit down for him at the moment. He wants to become a writer, but feels that this kind of dream is fading away from him very quickly. And so he spends his time in this tiny confectionery shop uh, selling doriaki, which is a type of 
pancake, which is filled with sweet bean paste. Um, it's very nice. And um, then a old elderly woman um, called uh, Tokue. I apologize if I'm pronouncing these names really badly. And starts to form this unlikely but wonderful friendship with Sentaro. And it kind of follows um, this story. It's about 200 pages. So we're not going to do a two-parter for this. This will be all in one episode. And for the, and but we will be doing a second book instead, which is picked by Sophie. Well, so you'll have to wait, <laughs> stick around and listen to uh, the further episodes to find out which second pick we'll choose oh, for second August. translated pick second translated okay pick. um thank you so much for listening uh we have social media accounts that you can follow us on um fun fact about us we are on instagram definitely we, we definitely are um <laughs> at lazy sunday book pod um we're also on tiktok barely um and we posted some tiktoks no, 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 no. We're on TikTok. We posted TikToks. We're TikTokers now. Okay. <laughs> Catch us dancing. Um, we're on TikTok at the Lazy Sunday Book Club. Yeah. And you can follow us on either of those to hear more um, and hear when we post a new episode. And we will see you next week. And thank you so much thank for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.